0: I'm your host Christina Mitri, and welcome to smart living Hawaii's podcast where we discuss smart homes and technology sustainability healthy lifestyles and smart business today we will continue our sustainable leaders series and have a talk story with John Shipman senior director of the business education department for Franklin energy right and then also we have today Simone the that's a ton that's a ton that's a ton with with Frank, same company, Frank Franklin right? Andrew, yes. But um, you're also with a real estate firm as well? I, oh, I am. I'm yeah. also a real estate agent. That's right. Okay. And they are both from Newport Beach, California, right? We will talk about green building and sales, what is trending, where the future lies, and learn from California's current movement as it is headed, as it is at way ahead of Hawaii's um, current status. Let's put it that way. So welcome, John and Simone. Thank you. Yes, Thank and you. Just so you all know, I'm going to do a quick bio of the two of you so you guys can um, show off some of your credible, um, Amazing credentials. So we have John Shipman. He's a nationally recognized thought leader in green building and the practice of green real estate, a pioneer in training and mentoring real estate professionals on green home value, sales, and resource efficient buildings. He has trained more than 5,000 real estate professionals and contractors in the practice of green real estate and green building fundamentals. In 2014, the National Association of Realtors, (NAR) awarded him with its Distinguished National Evergreen Award and named him its NER Green Instructor of the Year. For Build It Green, which is now...
1: Well, there's still a Build It Green, but most of it went to become Franklin Energy. That's yeah, right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, he oversees um, a lot of the educational side to it, and as well as Southern California's program implementation and outreach activities. For more than 25 years, he's worked as a green and sustainability consultant, and his green experience includes a unique mix of roles um, real estate agent, HERS BPC remodeling general contractor, educator, business consultant, and community outreach leader. So um, I'm going to jump into Simone's area of expertise, and she's been in the energy efficient and green home sector as well. Very passionate Um, about helping others understand and create a more sustainable lifestyle. She's driven by how much support and value a green home offers her clients. She has been a NAR green designee for several years in California and is a strong proponent of environmental sustainability and green living. So we are going to dive into Green Build here. So we are currently at... NERs, which is National Association of Realtors, conference here in San Francisco. And I brought our podcast equipment over here just to do this podcast with them um, because we met actually in Hawaii. Right? right. And we had John come and do the um session which taught us which I got my green designation from from him as he taught the class and Hawaii Energy brought it over which was really awesome so I appreciate that and I'm glad to make these connections and I'm glad we're doing this podcast so (laughs) um, going to the background let's just start there I always like to start with how everybody got into sustainability Mm. so how about you John?
1: You know, that's a great question. Um, I, I I started because of my son, actually, my oldest son. At the time, I was a new father, and um, my son was about four years old, and the doctors um, wanted to do surgery on him because he was having a lot of asthma issues, and they were constantly having to address giving him antibiotics and things like that. And as a new father, and my wife looked at me too and said, we can't allow that. We don't want to have surgery on our young son. So they gave us a bunch of information to read, and it all came down to uh, a lot of dust being a culprit in the environment that he was being raised in. So as a general contractor at the time, uh, we decided to address the issues in our home. And in getting into that, it really got me into energy efficiency which actually led to sustainability and healthier building and healthier living. And so that's how I got into it. So I really uh, look at it with with an eye on uh, healthful living uh, with regard to the building space and the built environment.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely go into the health side of things later. But how about you, Simone? So I um,
2: I took my uh, designation. I got it four years ago, and John was teaching it. And I became very passionate about... um, the difference I could make in people's lives. I, 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 knew that people didn't know this information and I just really needed to bring it to market. And so that was kind of how it started my path. I spent a couple of years, um, formulating a business plan about how I can kind of marry my existing business with this new, um, found information about green. Um, John knew that I was very passionate about it and an opportunity came about at Build It Green. And so I, Joined and we've been working together since um, educating um, realtors, contractors, appraisers, uh, lenders about um, energy efficiency in the built environment. And so that's how I got started in this field.
0: Awesome. So now that we have the why, it's always the why, right? (laughs) Um, How did um, we go from, I guess, you're building, right? It was always right. building. And then right. he went into education and teaching. And how did that evolve?
1: Yes. So I actually was a, um, a ran a consulting contracting firm uh, for, for many years. Uh, but I also uh, became a realtor. Um, I grew up in a family of realtors. My father was a realtor for 40 years, uh, a broker. And um, so I knew about real estate. And then I thought I kept seeing this parallel and nobody was really pairing this uh, the two together. Um, you know, um, resource-efficient and energy-efficient healthy homes with real estate. And Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, there's a huge void here. And I wrote a class and started teaching it at California State University, Long Beach. And then not soon after that, National Association of Realtors came out with their own designation. And I said, oh, I've got to teach that. How long ago was that? Uh, Probably about 10 years ago, I think. And then they rolled it out at uh, the NAR convention that particular year, whenever it was, in uh, Miami. And uh, I couldn't go to Miami, but I was so upset. And then I finally went to the one that they had in Vegas. I said, "I want to start teaching this," you yeah. know. And that's how I got involved. And awesome. and uh, you know, as I put on a little extra weight and got older and didn't want to swing a hammer anymore, <laughs> teaching uh, really became kind of an idea that I was really uh, liking, and I started doing it. And uh, it really challenged me. I'll tell you, if you want to, if you really wanted to know something, try to teach it.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so I know we're going to now dive into, let's just do maybe some of the green features. Let's Mm -hmm. just talk about that. Um, I think in Hawaii, (laughs) we all know solar, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we have, um, whether it's solar, you know, PV, I mean, still, I feel like, People don't know all the details, which I know I'll probably have a podcast just solely dedicated to this. But um, besides solar, what are different types of energy efficient things and that count as green, you know, type of product?
1: Yeah. Sure. So so a lot of things that are going to um, not ha- – so we always say if you don't have to use a kilowatt, that's green, right? So if you have something that's highly efficient or if you have a smaller mechanical device that's not going to use so many kilowatts, those are those are examples of green. And in Hawaii, um, you know, there are some great green examples that are also energy efficient, like a heat pump water heater, for example, right? Uh, water heating and can be a very expensive um, – Part of people's daily utility or or monthly utility bill in Hawaii, and so there are some brand new type of water heaters that can be installed and used, which. Use the uh, temperature in the room around them to heat the water, and then cool off the room around them as well. Mm -hmm. So you're not drawing electricity, let's say, from 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 the um, from the utility uh, to heat the to heat the water. Mm -hmm. And those are a a great example. Um, If you have, if you're, you know, Hawaii is a challenging uh, environment sometimes because you have so much natural ventilation, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have, as the new codes require you to have insulation and air sealing especially attic insulation i know in hawaii they like to say homes have big hats right <laughs> and so i think if you want to um look at some of the green uh, and energy efficient combination uh building uh materials you think about insulation in the attic and and air sealing and making a tight envelope and stuff like that right so those are some of the things for example that are could be energy efficient and green uh that you could use in hawaii
0: Yeah, so I did just finish a podcast with Howard Wig on building code, uh, energy code, and there's going to be, I guess, the tropical, there's a whole different code where you could do without the AC, Mm -hmm. um, and then it's more of like the ventilation side of things, but as we all know, Hawaii is so hot, and (laughs) It's great that there's some areas and some places where you could live without AC, but reality is AC is probably, especially in a lot of new development, it's like almost mandatory. So, I mean, we're now seeing the need to have that more airtight, I feel, home, where a lot of people may not even open their windows anymore at this point um, when they have... The AC running, obviously. So, maybe you could explain a little bit more about an airtight home.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I think so. We always say that you always want to concentrate on the building envelope. I, I like to tell people, and and this is kind of getting to the airtightness of a home. I always tell people think about the building envelope like a like a jacket. Right. So if it were a really cold day, sometimes you don't have a lot of those in Hawaii. But if you, let's say, decided to go skiing uh, uh, at uh, Aspen in Colorado and you took a vacation and you're going to wear this really nice, warm and cozy jacket, you're going to have material that's going to keep the wind off of your body. And then you're going to have material that's going to keep you warm and cozy inside. That's the down type of insulation. Well, homes are the same kind of way. That's how you look at it when you seal a home. You want something that's going to keep the air inside of a house, not allow the air from the outside to come in. So this way it's not so hot. And the conditioned air that you are trying to spend money on to be comfortable, you don't want that air to filter outside the house. So you want to make it tight. And inside those walls, you want to have... Insulation. So with the new code, for example, in Hawaii, because I know Hawaii has a lot of homes that are single wall construction yes. on the existing homes, but the newer homes are going to be built. They won't be single wall. And so because of the new code that Hawaii is adopting, the 2015 standards... So if you want to have that scenario where you're trying to condition that house, you have to have that really good comfy jacket surrounding that area you want to condition. Mm-hmm. So you want to make it as tight as possible so you're not allowing air to come in and you're not allowing the hot air to come in and you're not allowing the cold, cold air, air to go out. But the most important thing is when you do that, you have to have proper ventilation because we all yeah. have to breathe, right?
0: And could you explain that? Sure. I- we just heard that in one of the sessions we just had today. Sure. The mechanical S-
1: ventilation. Right. Well, is it, that what it so is? So ventilation. Oh, mechanical ventilation. ventilation. And the reason we say that, so you think of it this way. You know, sometimes... Uh, if we're not paying attention to that, or if code is not asking us to build that way, sometimes in a mild climate, like here in California, they think it's a mild climate. Well, they might think it's a mild climate in Hawaii too. And so before, like if with single wall construction, we were building homes, even here in California, like cardboard boxes, but mm. we should have been building them like thermoses, right? If we want to do, uh, to, to keep that air from coming in. So what happens is air that comes in that we can't control because the buildings kind of, oh, you know, Relaxed, let's say, you know, the standards of building are relaxed, then the air that comes in, you, you're you not controlling that air. You have no control of how it's coming in. That's called infiltration, right? Air that we control, mechanical, right? So we allow it to come in and we design how much air we want to come in and how much volume of air we want to come in and when we want it to come Mm -hmm. in. That's mechanical ventilation, right? So from that standpoint, we want to design mechanical ventilation so it's not random uncontrolled air. And then we can control how much air is coming in. And it's important that we control how much air is coming in for healthy living. Mm-hmm. right so Does it we, also
0: get filtered too? well
1: so yes yeah. you can you it, it would be great if you can filter it but i'm not worried so much about the air that we're bringing in directly from the outside because that's the same air you're going to breathe when you go yeah. outside anyway
0: well right. i mean in hawaii it's great but i yeah. guess here we i don't well, know with being in la sometime fall uh, in smog and yeah, smog and maybe concern. the fires that have been really crazy i don't know that's,
1: a, that's christina that's a really good point because um anyone in california uh that has suffered uh through the fire areas knows that very well the air quality is really bad Uh, schools get closed sports get canceled um you know it's just tough just even going to the store people are wearing masks i was
0: wondering just recently with the fires if i was we were gonna ask like because i'm pregnant right i'm thinking like Am I gonna have to wear a mask, or what is it gonna be like here? I had no idea. Right, so, yeah. and you
1: should be concerned. And it's and it and it's not by chance that those fires have a connection to to what's happening uh, around the around the country, around the world, um, uh, environmentally. Yeah, right? and
0: on the big and island, we have fog. You so, do, so, but actually, it's been really clear. But you know, lately, because it's yeah. not erupting. But when it was, it's really bad. I had a client. On our island, which is Oahu, when it was bad, he had an asthma attack. And he, we, we literally had to sell his home and he had to leave. Like, he almost died. Like, he had to go to the yeah. hospital because it's that bad.
1: So. Sure. Well, so, so, so and, and you asked me originally why I got into this, and I made that connection with indoor air quality. So this is a really big deal for people, and people are realizing now more than ever, and you even heard it in the session that we both attended today uh, here at NAR, the number one reason that people fix their home and make it different than it was before from a sustainability standpoint is because of health, mm-hmm. right? So, so so, so, these are a are, are really big deal. So if you're dealing with VOG on the big island or, or if you're just uh, trying to keep your air conditioning that you spent all that money right. to, to make your house comfortable inside the home and not go outside, then you have to make that, that building envelope like that. So getting back to that ventilation. But if you don't, you're not healthy also because mm-hmm. then you might have it too tight where you're you're being influenced or you're having a reaction to maybe the building materials that they put inside the home that are releasing volatile organic compounds and stuff. So that's why or mold can grow if it's yes. too moist from humidity, right? If you seal it up and don't give it a chance to breathe. So the ventilation is extremely important. And again, ventilation, it's controlled and it's mechanical. Right? So we want to make sure, depending upon the size of the home and, and what's in the home. Is that
0: a whole separate system that you're installing, or is it part of the AC system?
1: It can, well, it's a separate system, but it can be connected to the HVAC system, okay. the heating okay. and air conditioning system. A lot of times, um, there's different strategies you can use. And those strategies are ran from very cost effective to maybe a, a little more robust in, in expense, maybe $2,000 to, let's say, an HRV, which is a heat recovery ventilator, which is designed uh, to kind of balance the airflow out. Uh, it's kind of like the Cadillac system, if you will. Oh, okay. yeah. So there's, there's very cost effective ways to design mechanical ventilation so it doesn't have to cost an arm, arm and a leg. Right. So but that's you're right. That's a key component when you air seal a home and with new code on Hawaii, that's going to be important, too. Mm -hmm. So we have a saying about that. It's it's build it tight, ventilate it right. Right. So we build them tight, ventilate them right.
0: (laughs) All right. So with some of these, you know, green features that you guys that we're all talking about, um, let's dive into the benefits of a green home. And then we can, you know, move into, I guess, some of the hurdles. (laughs) Let's start with the benefits. Simone?
2: So in my opinion, some of the benefits of the green home is um, it creates a more comfortable space. Uh, I think a lot of people um, don't understand that. I like to make the analogy of – You know, you have luxury cars and you have your standard cars. The difference between them is is the comfort, right? At the end of the day, they both have an engine and wheels. And people don't understand their homes can be a comfortable space. It could perform for them. If you have a room that never cools down or always stays too hot, those are comfort issues and insulation issues. And so one of the benefits of a green home is um, it addresses those things, and it addresses the health factor, um, water conservation. At the end of the day, green to me is a more comfortable space. Um, it also is one that helps your wallet, right? Everybody likes to save money. And it also affect, you know, can have a more healthier space. So those are some of the benefits of green, and as yeah, I like to say, For discuss. sure,
1: for sure. And I think customers really, uh, well, l- looking at it from the real estate side, I think it's very, very, uh, people see that. Right. Because those are those are key, key things. They want to live in a comfortable home. They want it to be healthy and they want to save money. I mean, nobody I mean, we all love the utilities, but we don't want to give them everything we have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're grateful Which for is a big they provide. part
0: of Hawaii. Like right. my parents, we OK, their carbon footprint is really bad. Well, let's just put it that way. <laughs> and they have single wall construction. And their house is probably super leaky. Like when my dad's barbecuing outside, it ends up in the house or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, they have four systems of PV on the roof, 64 panels. And it's just the two of them. They, they, yeah, it's just their carbon footprint's really bad. But before the systems, it was, you know, in the heat, the really high, you know, time we're cranking the AC, you're looking at like 700 something dollars a month just on electricity mm-hmm. bill. Um, so it's it's up there you know if you if you have AC and they have a split AC system which is more typical for Hawaii is the split you know um, window acs are horrible, but they still have a couple of those in in one of the rooms and things like that so um,
1: old habits yeah die
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know they have a lot of PV panels on their roof and they were able to get it in right at the deadline date of where. Um, oh. It was grandfathered in, but now a lot of people. Well, this year's the last year for federal, um, the lower, the the yeah. most maxed out, right? That's
1: right. Yeah, they'll still have them, but they're going down considerably after this year.
0: Yeah. So yeah. we still have state in Hawaii um, tax credits, and um, there's still benefits, but now like a lot of places are requiring storage, so that's an added. You know, charge. If you if you're in a certain area that's maxed out, then you now have, have to have storage. So there's all these things, but it's just starting to become like recognized as like, I want PV on my roof. You know, like solar uh, water heaters are mandated. You know, for what we have to do for new builds. But um, when it comes to PV, it's like now now it's the Oh, is it leased or is it you know owned? Is sure. kind of a thing. How is it inherent in here in? Is it a big thing on the lease side as well?
1: It is because on the lease side, um, if the new owner can't qualify for the lease, then it could a deal could could really fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, or the owner, when they sell the home, will have to pay off the lease. Yeah. And for us, you know, so I I always find value in solar. Um, whether it's leased or owned. And so if I have a situation where I have a leased solar PV, um, I try to explain to the new buyers why you want to have it. Sometimes buyers will resist it. I didn't want it. I'm not asking for that. So if you explain to them what the benefit is, then a lot of times they will say, okay, well, let's try it and Mm -hmm. see if they can qualify. And if you can get them to qualify, it can ease things quite a bit. Because solar can be a, a very big benefit for someone. Yeah. No question about it.
0: In Hawaii, it's probably one of the biggest um, so. <laughs> benefits, right? Because we have so much sun. <laughs> right. And that's where a lot of our um, stuff comes through for solar. And um, the other thing, too, that I think a lot of people don't realize, too, is when you build sustainably and green, um, you have more of the, um, I would say, century home, like uh, the Mm -hmm. longevity of the home. Could you explain that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so the home is definitely going to be more durable, right? So for example one of the things that you're trying to do is, you know, you're trying to control for moisture right? So um, and moisture in building products don't don't do well together <laughs> and so if you're by if you're by a climate that's humid
0: which Hawaii right, is which Hawaii is
1: <laughs> and many parts of California by the coast are the where I live right so so it's it's much more humid than let's say inland or a desert community, so you have to be mindful of of those kinds of things, right so when we're building tighter homes and we're ventilating um and we're 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 taking care of those things that would you know degrade a home over time. we're actually producing a home that could last longer and be more durable.
0: Awesome. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of the benefits, and, you know, there's so many more that you could think of, but maybe some of the barriers that um, people are like, why, why bother? You know, I guess some of those things, and maybe we can dispel some of them. I know California has been way ahead of the game, especially for us in Hawaii on having these type of this type of products and then I would say the consumer is you know there are the groups now wanting and expecting homes like this so um, what has been advocates for you guys where they're like okay this makes sense or we're doing this like what are things that you know you guys overcome and what are some of the hurdles that you've overcome
2: so I'm um, personally I find that even though California is really progressive in in these building codes, uh, people still don't really know what green is. Um, They think solar is definitely green, which is true, but they don't understand the built environment. So as a realtor, I still find myself really having to educate people and explaining it to them. um, Because keep in mind... Things that are that make a home more comfortable and green are not necessarily things that you can see with your eyes, right? It's not a brand new kitchen or, or beautiful flooring or bathrooms, right? They're they're the mechanics of the home, and so you have to help them understand how these things will affect their, their life and how they're going to make it more comfortable. So I don't know that people really still understand that. So I personally think that some of the barriers, and they're not really barriers, I. I love telling people about these things because I can see them go out. Like, you can see the light bulb, literally. Like, yeah. they, they get it. So um, it's not really a barrier, but I guess that would be something that um, people aren't necessarily flocking. But once they understand it, then they are able to connect the dots and understand that that's what they want. You have to help them understand. So what are, the,
0: so what are some of the things that you educate people? clients on or sellers or buyers
2: so we recently listed a green home in newport beach um new construction beautiful home um it was it was an existing home torn down and and this gentleman this builder built a new home and we put a green label on it with a home energy score and you would think that people you know when they walked in they Still needed explanation on what it is. So I created um, a marketing piece that specifically um, identified all of the features of this home that were green and what the benefit was to them. So we handed out the property brochure in addition to we're the separate. green brochure so they could understand it. Um, and so it's insulation. We identified the insulation. Why was insulation important? So you could just say oh, these not just are- a
0: list of things, but right. why.
2: So. Yeah. Here's insulation. Even if you're talking to someone, okay, well, they don't know what that means. You have to help them w- understand why is that. Well, insulation is going to help, you know, reduce the amount of heat, how quickly the heat comes into your home. So therefore, you have, you know, more comfortable home. Your temperature stays, you know, more constant. Um, so those things, those are some of the ways we explain, you know, tankless water heater that, the brand that the owner had selected you know it had Mitsubishi 7 climate zone mini split you know why those things were important so that's how we discussed those
0: yeah and then windows too right i mean
1: well you know windows are or one just, of just those the heat things. coming yeah, in yeah so right? windows are great let me let me see type say, but- of yeah, I don't yeah dual pane windows yeah. and so forth, right? They have a low, low e-coating, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, those are great. But I think sometimes you can do – a lot of times those are the last things I recommend because of the fact that they're so expensive. Um, a roof, roof. A roof, right? So, yeah. so, I mean, there's a number of things you can do, especially in Hawaii. Right. Um, That would be a little bit different, obviously, than California, but many similar things, too. So but yes, windows are great. And um, but I always try to look at the building envelope like I was talking about Mm -hmm. first. You know, the home's jacket, especially especially like in Hawaii, the roof uh, was so important. Um, but I would say one of the other barriers, like on existing homes, like so the Newport Beach home that Simone was talking about was a teardown rebuild. So it was kind of like a brand new home. Mm-hmm. Um, but the existing homes, one of the things that is sometimes a barrier to people is what they perceive to be a really expensive job. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're like, I would like to do something, but I just don't have the money. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I think money becomes an obstacle to people or the perception that taking your, you know, existing home and turning it into something that could be much more energy efficient and to be what we were talking about, healthier, save you money, you know, save you money on your utility bill and be more comfortable is expensive. But really, it's not as expensive as people think. And what has been kind of a, a barrier and to break down that barrier here in California that's been used fairly well uh, and I think you're lucky because like Hawaii Energy and groups like that in Hawaii have these things available too is rebates, rebates Mm -hmm. and incentive programs uh, that help people that want to make those changes uh, defray the cost so that it becomes more reasonable. Um, So I think... The realtors, for example, that are helping people in Hawaii, just like the ones here in California, if they can become familiar with those programs and recommend those to their clients, that will help their clients see that, oh, okay, this is something, it's attainable. We, we can actually do this.
0: Now, do they have people in California or companies? Because I think more than anything, it's going to come down to cost in Hawaii in general well, because it's so expensive too. to live, right? Yeah, right. So, Is there somebody that can come to your house and be like, hey, this is what you have now. If you were to do these things, this is how much money you'll save. And then it's actually a quote, right, on on the construction and the work done. Right. And then it kind of, like, evaluates, you know, okay, by this point you're going to make this much back. I mean, they do that for solar. Like, if you're going to get a solar system, they'll run the numbers. But I'm just thinking, like, for past solar, like all the things that you would want to do for your home where it's just like a no-brainer, like you should do this, and it includes all the rebates like they do for solar. Like do they have companies that do that in general? So
1: there are, and there's not too many in Hawaii, um, but I think they're growing. And I think, um, so we do have that here in California, and it's a a rather robust market, which is good. And I always recommend to anyone who's going to do any work on their home First to have that done because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it identifies the problem areas for you and it helps you to really target what improvements are the most cost effective mm-hmm. and meaningful improvements in order to achieve what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. right? So so that home energy assessment, uh, um, there's a couple of different programs. The Building Performance Institute trained contractors do that. Um, also, there's the home energy score system. Uh, there are home energy score raters out there. Uh, that was created by the Department of Energy, and it's a, a standardized way of looking at a home from, you know, Honolulu to New Hampshire, wow. you know. And then um, also there's uh, the home energy rating system, which is called HERS, that's another way of um, evaluating the energy performance. Or uh, It's like giving your home a test drive. It's like taking yeah. your home out on a test drive. How is it performing? And then they can make cost-effective recommendations, what you could do to make it better, right? Yeah. And so then you have a really good way to build up a strategy and spend your money in the right way. So there are those. And then what we've been really successful especially doing is, after we do that and then help people fix their home using rebates and incentives, in our line of work in our real estate business here in California we've been pairing that with a green certification for example right and that's kind of like a stamp that hey we did this and it was third party tested and third party evaluated and by a credible you know organization such as build it green with their green point rated label and then if they ever go to sell those homes those homes usually sell for more money because people know that those homes were done correctly and they were, you know, a third party that wasn't impartial to any of the process looked at it and gave it a essentially a, like a, a grade. You know? yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So can we jump into some of the trending developments and communities like with this green building movement? Maybe, I don't know how it is in, in California, Because, I mean, you sometimes see these or read these articles, like a a buyer came with an infrared gun or something to check (laughs) in. I mean, does this really happen over here? I mean, are they really people like searching for these homes? Like, I mean, maybe it's far and few in between, but I mean, I'm curious because, I mean... We don't even have homes for those people to buy in Hawaii. I mean, they would have to build them pretty much, unless they buy like a lead-certified tower <laughs> unit. Right, right. But I'm right. I'm just curious. Like, are they? Is this starting to happen? Is this more trend? and more.
1: Yeah. It, it it it's hard to believe. You know, ten years I ten years ago I would be hard pressed to find anybody doing that. But now I'm always shocked when I teach classes and I continue to teach classes up and down California. I have real estate agents yeah. raising their hand and going, Wait, no, that happened. And I'm like, <laughs> Really? <laughs> but it hasn't happened to me yet. But but I've had plenty of clients that are concerned about the energy bills right? yeah. on the house they're going to buy. And that's a statement in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And that didn't necessarily happen before. But just like, you know, so you guys in Hawaii, you spend a lot of money on, on a kilowatt, right? <laughs> yeah. I get it. Uh, in California, so we we're somewhat reasonable. But from the hours of four and nine... Guess what they did to us? They put in time of use pricing, where the utility bill can increase three and four times so, what it was.
0: So I yeah. see. So right now, Hawaii has a lot of incentives and rebates, and the government is giving you a whole bunch of incentives. So it's just like it's the carrot, right? Right now, mm-hmm. hanging the carrot: do this good, and you'll get benefits. And and um I'm just warning people that after the benefits run out there's going to be the stick. Oh
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and so California is at that place we now got the stick. where you got the stick, you know. And so that's <laughs> becoming like just it's law now, right? Certain things that happen or if it's not law, it's um okay, well we're going to charge you more and things like that. Yeah. So I see I see that happening so that's the one thing that we don't have. It's the same price all the way through. But right. once we start getting, they, they want solar on every house, you know. But in order, they have to actually have the capacity for it. And then, of course, there's going to be a point where they start charging, you know, for different times like you guys. Sure. And I'm telling people this is going to happen yeah. because that, there's no other way for them to to make ends meet, like for the HECO to make ends meet, right? It's right. just going to
1: happen that way. And that's what happened here. Right. And so, you know, we knew that that was coming and they told us that that was coming. So the carrot, as you said, was out there and rebates were robust for a while. And then not a lot of people took advantage of them, which is still you know, befuddles me. But you know, yeah. it's it's an awareness campaign. And so getting people to be even be aware that those rebates and incentives were out there. Right. Like I think Hawaii Energy does a really good job with that. But in California, and maybe because it's like we have a gazillion people here, you know, it's still you run into people, they haven't even heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have the stick, right? Yeah. So yeah. And it's not pretty <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know,
0: it's it's interesting. I think I'd mentioned this in another podcast when I was talking to Hawaii Energy. Um, we had a get together with um, a whole bunch of young professionals and we were talking to hawaii energy's executive director and it was really interesting because there was one person from who grew up in san francisco Mm. which is where we are today and um, they had mandated just everything in general A lot of things like recycling you know and certain things that are just not mandated in hawaii and so when she moved to hawaii she was so shocked to see because she grew up in a completely different way of how you recycled that she was shocked on how we didn't have to recycle these things or where does it go or that it goes in the trash and and that whole because it was a mandated thing and something that she grew up with, she naturally did all these things that were good. And so I could see there being like, there's good reasons for it and then bad
1: reasons, right? (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Well, we like to, you know, it's funny, California, you asked, you know, what are some of the trending things and things like that? So there's some definitely some things trending in California. I think, so I mentioned health and that's a very trending thing right now. Uh, People just, the amount of people and now the healthcare professions Uh, public health agencies understanding how uh, changing the built environment the right way, doing it the right way, using good building science, can really make a difference. And so Mm -hmm. we're starting to see that become a very big discussion here in California. The other thing we're seeing from an energy efficiency standpoint is, and a sustainability standpoint, and to some degree, A health standpoint, and I'm I'm happy to give you many examples Mm and cases, is we are, some cities, San Jose, just for example, just um, uh, put a, a... Didn't know how the vote came out with the city council, but they just are trying to eliminate natural gas in the city of San Jose. So if you build a new home, you're not going to be able to build it with any natural gas. That was the idea. Um, A couple of cities in the Bay Area have done the same thing. And now the state's Public Utility Commission has cleared the way for that to be a statewide initiative. So we think in the next five years, California is going to put a full court press on eliminating natural gas inside especially the residential built environment i mean we already have in 2020 what
0: are some of the other i guess laws or things through legislation that's been coming down the pike it's good to know
1: yeah so in 2020 next year every home every new home built in california has to be what's called net zero so our code, which wow. generally speaking, you know, we jokingly say that there are not 50 states in the United States. We say that there's 49 states in California, and we don't necessarily mean it in a good way because we have so much regulation here. So one of the things that we're doing, our code that we adopted is the California um, Part 6 Title 24 Energy Code in California is generally speaking about 15% more stringent than the rest of the country. So while you all are adopting the 2015 15. code, well, how are he just came back code. from the 2021, I guess, oh, or, right? He yeah. they
0: just came back and he was like in the middle of, I guess, a whole week long, eight hours. I don't know how many times in a day, but for a whole week long of doing, figuring out over like 400 proposals for, I guess, 2021s. <laughs> <laughs> code it's, change? Yeah, code change, yeah. right? And then they have to vote on like 400 different new ones. I guess every three years they do this. Well, something. what
1: shocked me when I was in Hawaii, um, well, what I was going to say real quick though before I say that, was that California in 2020, every new home going forward that would be built will not is not supposed to use any more energy than it's capable of producing on its own. So they're modeled to be uh, net zero energy homes. Mm-hmm. And so that's an aggressive target. And, but California is serious about climate change and uh, they have very serious climate action goals. But when I was in Hawaii, I was surprised to learn that your climate action goals are actually pretty stringent too. Yeah. So now Hawaii actually has a, uh, a faster target to get to 100 percent renewable energy by production in california yeah right and so i was like oh my gosh that's a huge hill well, that they have to climb we also so, are just
0: in the middle of the ocean right. like 2500 miles from everybody so right. i mean i think part of it for us it is like we are being affected by climate change as in like if there was a big disaster like we would, we would not be. Who do we turn to? We have nobody to turn to. So the resilience side of it has been a driving force, I think, for the state. I think so that's yeah, wise. and then um, because of everything they're doing statewide, then it starts trickling onto to the county. Then um, you start to realize that this is affecting every industry, not just oh, let's try to figure out how to help climate change. You know what I mean? It's just like resiliency. It's yeah. it's everything now. But
1: you know, you know, Christina, when I was on Hawaii before I taught that class, and I didn't share this with a lot of people, but I went out and I visited some open houses. Simone and I were there together, and we actually, when we were visiting open houses, we actually stopped and talked to people. We talked to people in the neighborhoods in Hawaii, and we talked to some of the people that lived on the coast and I had some great conversations with some fabulous people, and they were telling me about how concerned they are about you know sea rise and 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 various other issues that the climate is having an effect on property and, and homes on Hawaii, right? And so I, I think you know we have to look at this. We we jokingly, kind of jokingly talked about the carrot and the stick, but I think I think we all have to realize that the climate and our earth is really important to everybody. It's important to our families you're getting ready to bring a brand new brand new hawaiian <laughs> hawaiian in the in, into the into the into the world here and so um, it's important for 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 your for your new baby right yeah. and and their children and so i think we have a responsibility to you know leave not just hawaii california but the world in a better place than when we got it and i think we have to take it very seriously and our buildings, our homes, yes, it's important to us to be healthy. It's important to us to save money. It's important to us to be comfortable, uh, and and we cherish that. But most importantly, we have to protect the earth, and mm-hmm. and these are things that can help. Um, we don't always make that connection every day, but it's real, and I think we have to be really, really guardians of that. So we're doing something for not only ourselves when we do this kind of stuff, but we're actually doing something for our future generations that, that deserve it.
0: Yeah, and so we can still be here <laughs> enjoying the life that we have. Um, the I guess I, we're just about close to wrapping up, but I did want to talk about some of the numbers. Um, and I know that building green isn't necessarily as stringent as a LEED certified um, build, although things are starting to get pretty close to that, right? Is that right?
1: So I I would kind of challenge you on that. I I, I would say, so for example, I know, um, so I used to work for Build It Green, right? And they have their own homegrown certification. And that might sound a little hokey and a little homey. It's not. It's extremely robust. In fact, Build It Green, uh, their green certification is tied to the California Building Code, Hmm. um, which in many ways might even be more stringent than LEED. Hmm. Um, What's... I think the major difference is is that um, you know the categories are slightly different. So categorically, they they collect points. It's a point based system a little differently. But I think the measures are sound in building science and just as robust. The thing that makes it really nice is its affordability and attainability. Um, and for example, existing homes LEED doesn't even do a certification for existing homes. Mm. But that's not too bad enough. LEED, LEED is a great program, and it's. It's it's uh, it, it's very top notch, um, but there are some pretty amazing uh, local certifications that are also third party uh, quality assured and um, are, that are really robust and very good. Build a Green's uh, Greenpoint Rated program and Greenpoint Rated Green certification is an example
0: of that. Maybe you can yeah. give me a list of those and I'll put them with their links or something. Yeah, and just so you know,
1: from a numbers' wise, you know, we've certified over seventy thousand units here in California to be green certified yeah that's a lot yeah yeah so
0: well i did just because i was doing a little bit of research um and trying to find like things that are you know like different states that mm -hmm. are like where who's who's really pushing the issues so when i of course when you look like lead certified commercial because that's where like hawaii if you look commercial wise and building because oahu has You know, a lot of towers coming up and a lot of big developers that are coming, that are here doing LEED certified projects. We actually hit in their top 10, um, I think, last year. But that's for commercial, right? And then when we are talking residential, um, guess who comes in first? (laughs) California. Um, And it was just, there was a report that was done from the USGBC, which is the US. Green Building Council. Um, so they did, I was going to read through it more, but it's a little bit longer of a read. Um, but they had the top 10 and then California was in first. Could, do you think, I mean, I'm probably thinking it's close to in line with just regular green building in general, like the top 10. Um, I would think so. Yeah. So yeah. what other states would you say would probably be on this list? Well, I was just, like, just curious because yeah, I don't really yeah. know. I had to look this up myself to yeah. see who's um, really doing this elsewhere.
1: Right. I would say Massachusetts might be surprisingly on that list. North Carolina, uh, you might see states like, um, well, see, here's the thing. If it was a percentage-wise, that'd be a different thing. Vermont, believe it, it or not, like is doing something. looks like the
0: number of certified residential units okay. that are actually made.
1: So I would say maybe look at uh, some of the bigger metropolitan areas would yeah. probably shine. Maybe Illinois is on that list. Massachusetts, North Carolina, Florida, perhaps. Um, you might expect to see what Texas, else? I would say Texas, Texas and Arizona. Yeah,
0: Texas is number two. Yeah, yeah. Texas. And then New York. And New York, yeah. of course. And wow, then Washington. Yeah, yeah. Yeah in Those the state of Washington. Gonna,
1: yeah. yeah, so Seattle they're doing a lot of good work. Actually Oregon now is doing good yeah, work Oregon too. Be, yeah,
0: Oregon's on here too. Yeah, yeah,
1: so Portland is becoming maybe one of the greenest cities in the country. Portland, yeah. I yeah. Just want
0: to think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. up. But um, I'm
1: but I'm not surprised that you guys, you know, if you if you had a and and if you had a residential green certification program, um, you might be on that list too because I think a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of work in the coming future. And I know that the rebates are starting to, uh, they're starting to put up some good rebates for programs in the state. I know the State Energy Commission has even come up with a real estate checklist, and uh, Hawaii Energy is doing some robust. Green, uh, green, and energy efficient rebating, and you never know. There could be a day when Build It Green actually brings their green certification. Well, I'm going to
0: cheer that on, and (laughs) I'll I'll support that. Um, But anyhow, I just wanted to thank you guys for your time. We are about to go to a networking session with a whole bunch of other green uh, mixer people. All right, let's do it. So um, I will definitely close this up, and um, I guess. If there's anything else you'd like to add, I'll maybe. How can they get a hold of you? That would be a good one.
1: So, um, you. I, so, if you wanted to get a hold of me, feel free to. I'm happy to entertain emails. Uh, it's easy. It's J Shipman, J the letter J like John J yeah. Shipman, S H I P M A N at franklinenergy.com Okay. So how about you, Samir
2: um, I can also be reached by email. Um, it's s.satan, so that's s-d-a-d-s-e-t-a-n at franklinenergy.com.
0: Okay, and I'll put those on top of the podcast as well when we launch it. So that's about it. Wrapping things up, we are out of time. And thank you, John and Simone, for for your time today. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.com. Also follow us on Instagram at @smart_living_hawaii smart underscore living underscore Hawaii and like us on Facebook. Mahalo and until next time, live smart.